Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, your spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory. I'm AST. And I'm Rob. And here we are. I went through quite a lot of emotions during that game. I'm not sure about you. I really did. Yeah. And, and I think I sort of come out the other end of it feeling... <laughs> A little bit drained, but really proud, actually. Really, really proud of just the the players and really proud of the bravery of the manager. And, you know, you just, <clears throat> I think he's definitely a worry, but at the same time, you just really want, you really want him to succeed, don't you? And when you consider all things considered, the team that we had out there, the defence that we had, we, oh, oh, goodness me, and, uh, and the injuries and the... The noise and swirl around the club at the moment, you know, it was a remarkable result, I think. I, th- I think it was deserved. I yeah. The result. Yeah, completely. I yeah, I agree. City really could have scored five. But yeah. even then, I still think it's deserved. That sounds counterintuitive, but I think it was deserved. Yeah, you look at that team, like Emerson Royal, like the, I haven't been able to stop thinking about that question that you gave me, who's going to deal with Haaland? And you go, the only options we've got because Dyer won't, won't get back in that squad. So the only option we've got is Emerson, Royal and Davis. And that means we'll have four fullbacks. I mean, obviously, Davis plays centre-back, so I'm a little bit less worried about him. But Royale is not a centre-back, and that's not having a go at Royale. He's, he's doing an amazing job there. But you can see some of the goals were... I, I think he was at fault for Foden's goal, for example. But yeah, I think we played magnificently, considering. And Lacelso looks... Good. Johnson's improving constantly, which is really exciting to see. I'm not sure Hill will ever make it, but for that team, I think it's it's a remarkable result. Remarkable. I just think for um, when you consider, to your point, the players that they've got playing out of position, because I guess as a as a manager, when he's got that many injuries and that scale of disruption, mm. he's, he's ultimately got two choices. Does he? pick players in their position from the academy because he's got no he's literally has got nobody else available or does he take experience and play them out of position and and I think that in the end he's he's doing the right thing and he's playing them out of position but <clears throat> when you think that I mean I don't know I, it's the first time I've seen City properly this year I don't know about you but I kind of I love football but I really I love Spurs is what I do really and I sort yeah. of I don't really, if you know, Spurs aren't on Sky on a Sunday. I, I might watch it, depends on the game, but I'm sort of not fussed. It's the first time that I've seen Haaland properly this season. And he looks to me like I'm, he's he's bulked up quite a lot. He looks bigger than he looked last year. I'm, he's not, I don't mean overweight. I just mean he's, he looks like he's physically developed. And I literally saw him the, today when they came out with the kit on after the warm-up. And to your point about last week, thought, oh my, how on earth are they going to stop him? But actually, Davis um, did did great. Actually, I th- I, th- I thought that he did really really well. Yeah, Davis. I mean, it's where he plays for Wales. Uh, sometimes I think I think we, he should go down as someone who's highly respected at Spurs for being a great utility player, like a great squad player. When you talk about the lack of depth. That we have, I think he's been there for feel what feels like a decade now. Who's just been filling in where we've needed to. There's never been any problems with him. We haven't ever heard anything about him off the pitch. He just is consistent and delivers. And full 
full respect. I think, again, for me, Vicario looked incredible again today. I don't think he was at fault for any of the goals. I, Doggy played. I just think they all played really well. I mean, Son, what a captain he is. I think we've lacked a bit of leadership, both from Hugo and Kane, really. I think Kane, it's been yeah. about him a lot of the time. And it's easy to say that now, but it just seems to me he just sets the standard. You saw him as soon as he scored the own goal. It was right. Come on, let's get back at it. He's just incredible. And even Roy Keane was talking about what the standards that he sets. I think it's. I thought Sky. I, I thought the lads in the Sky Studio looked gutted that they couldn't continue to complain about a Spurs being Spursy or b that we needed to go long. Like they spent the whole game whether they're the pundits or, you know, in the commentary box saying, oh, you know, they're naive, they've got to go along and blah, blah, blah. And there they go. They go up there and they get, you know, they, they get a draw. Same result. <clears throat> well, not in scoreline, but they did the same thing to City that Liverpool did. And uh, I didn't think that when you think about the fact that it's basically our reserve team, and it really is basically, our, it's it like really our is. Carabao, third round Carabao Cup team, that against the champions. And it was their first team. Um, I not only did they get the result that they got, but they were toe to toe with them. You know, they were definitely hanging on for a couple of parts of the game, particularly towards the end of the first half. But if you think about in previous seasons, even when we've gone up there and got a result, I'm talking about the last five or six seasons, we've gone up there and you know we've definitely been on the ropes <laughs> and yes. have and and have managed to find a way out of it. But this time. You know, we, we still went through some periods of pain, but when we were on the ball, I thought that we looked a match for them, frankly, the speed of our passing, the intricacy of our of our passing. You know, one of the things that I was reflecting on um, uh, after the match was, I think on, on this podcast, and I, I can't remember what episode it was, but it was right at the very, very beginning of, of, of the season, I sort of... I think maybe came across like a little bit. It was a little bit of my naysayness coming out, but I was like, I remember the Ardiles years when we were basically unbelievable in attack, but in the end, at this level, you just get found out. And I'm re- I was really worried at that time, but also really hopeful that that wasn't going to happen here. And actually, there were times during that game, particularly with some of the mistakes that we made like the mistake for the third goal was I mean I was I'll I'll be honest I was pretty angry about that really like what was he doing but anyway well I wasn't necessarily sure that that wasn't happening but you know what It, it isn't happening it isn't because he has injected a level of resilience in that team where there is absolutely no doubt that that is the way that they are going to play that is the identity that they have as a team as a club as a set of players and that is, they believe in that way of football. They believe in him, clearly. I mean, they lost three on the bounce today. If that was Man United, three on the bounce, there'd be players waving their arms around, players going missing. None of them are going missing. And he's, the reason why it isn't Ardiles 2.0 is because of the resilience that he has injected. And I mean, he's got, probably got better players, but the resilience that he has injected in that team. And actually, that is going to, I mean... I think that will give them confidence, hopefully, now. They're going to have Romero back for Thursday. Um, and, you know, Richarlison came back today, didn't he? Ten minutes, so he might be able to do half hours of sub in, in a week's time. Um, and, and and I actually think that, you know, they, they just, they've just got to get through Christmas, haven't they? And basically yeah. somehow get through those fixtures 
and um you know be in the top six at the end of it and have a run at the second half of the season you know two of our goals were well there was the there was the early chance Haaland should have scored which came from us playing across our back four which Horrendous. is four fullbacks and then yeah. we lost uh, Basuma lost for the was it the Grealish goal yeah and I don't think it's acceptable. And that there's a little bit of me that is annoyed with this Angeball thing where it's quite blind and it's quite rigid in that this is there's one way to play and that's the only way we're going to play. Like, if you've got a... This is what we've been talking about, Conte Mourinho, that they only had one team, there was no, there was no plan B, that they only played one way and you have to flex for the players that you've got. And I don't think we can let Ange get away with it. Yeah, it's getting us results and it's beautiful on the eye, but we've also lost quite a few games or we've lost three in the bounce. We have to strong away to City. I don't know. This is the emotion that I was going through. And I, yeah, yeah. It, there's a bit of me that goes, well, you're not going to have your full first team for most of the season. So you need to play with what you've got. Now, obviously from next summer, he'll have more of a squad to do more of what he wants. But until then, we can't just go, well, I'm just going to, play like this with Ben Davis and Emerson Royale at the back. I mean, it's obviously it's worked out well today, but I don't know. There's just something I'm not comfortable with. Yeah, no, I mean, so I, I do completely agree with you. And for me, it's not about necessarily turning up at the game today and going, right, okay, so it's City away. We've only got 14 fit players. So actually we're going to play Hoiberg and Skip in the middle and you know, we're just going to sit back and just basically try and get out of the game. It's definitely not about that. And and he was he keeps getting asked these questions in, in his press conferences. Are you going to play more defensive and all that? And yeah. he's like, no, no, no. It's our identity. It's our identity. And I completely agree with him on that, that if you've got an identity as a team and a way that you want to play, like, don't show fear to the opposition. The thing for me no. is the in-game management, like the naivety. There was a moment at the end of the game when it was 3-3. There was like two minutes to go or something and we got a goal kick and he nearly, he very nearly played out from the back, didn't he? And then he at really the last did. minute, he said, and I was screaming at the don't, television don't. going, fuck it. <laughs> and... Um, and he, and it's it's things like that where you don't have to compromise your identity of a team, but you know what? When you're under the cosh, and you're winning two one, or sorry, you're winning three two, or you're you're winning two one, and you're yeah. and you're you're under the cosh, don't do fancy little half turns five yards outside your your own penalty area. Like take pressure That's off it. like in game management. And Carragher mentioned this and during during the match and. It's not often that I really sort of find myself ever agreeing with Jamie Carragher, to be honest. But on this one, I do agree with him. And I, I, I wonder whether as the team evolves and as, as you say, he gets in more players and I assume he's going to be there for, you know, a while. I certainly hope so, that he's able to not feel like he's compromising the identity of the team by getting them to be more mature in their approach to matches. It's almost like he doesn't want to do it at the minute because he doesn't want to give them an out or a pass to not play on the front foot. He doesn't want to let them off the hook, which I sort of understand. But, you know, if it's if we're playing the FA Cup final and it's five minutes before the end and we're winning 1-0, I yeah, really yeah. hope we're not doing that shit just outside the box. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I clear the ball, win the game. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. 
which we need to talk about that incident at the end. Like, I feel like the, the media are going to make a lot out of it. It was one of those ones where if it happens in the first five minutes, it, it would have been forgotten now. But because it's City and it's because it's 3-3 yeah. and it's a blah, 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 blah. I just, I, I don't know why he blew. I think maybe he blew because he right. thought that he was offside. I mean, it's Yeah, funny. no. I, he, I, I think he, I don't know either. I wonder whether he thought that Royale was, Emerson was going to get the ball. Mm. Yeah, um, I, I, this is the other thing. Is Greenish weird. isn't fast, and I think he would have been caught. And yeah. I, I, th- I think it he's, it definitely wasn't a one on one. It wasn't like Sun had one on one, which is I would back him to score. I don't think Greenish Greenish was going to the right of the goal on his right foot, so he he scored with his right foot. But he's not a right footed player, and I just don't think that would have worked out well for him. He got Royale who's faster than him approaching him. I, I think people need to calm down a little bit because of that. It's they definitely bit... need to calm down. And also, I'm getting really, really tired of the people that run football, the officials in football, the managers of the football teams. I'm I'm honestly not just a supporter of Angelis. I'm getting really tired of everybody trying to find the perfect game, like the faultless game where there's no mistakes there's the media putting loads of pressure on the referee made a mistake he should have blown the he shouldn't have blown the whistle he played advantage and then he didn't play advantage it was a it felt like it was an odd decision but he blew the whistle he obviously thought that the advantage wasn't realized he thought that Grealish wasn't going to get away from the defender or whatever it was and it, and it, and he pulled it back and um that's it and if and if Emerson had run back five yards and had got the ball off a of Grealish, the City fans and the bench would have been screaming for the the you know the the uh, the the advance that he played and, and and for giving him the benefit of the doubt. So, you know, I I think I think it was a mistake, but I also really think that I, I you know I really want I I sort of miss the fact that we have human error in football and yeah. And, and and you know it's all becoming a little bit, you know, it's, it's quite boring. It's, it's the worst of both. Well, rugby is a far more technical sport. It's got far more rule infringements. It's far more complex, but they get it right. And I maybe they just need to go to the RFU or the WIU and go, just come and help us. I think they they did announce during the week, didn't they, that they're going to test in some top leagues that only the captains can speak to uh the referee and i think that'll help massively and maybe football if they if they're going to do var they're going to have to take time show everything on the big screens just like in rugby and so it's total transparency it will slow down the game it'll kill the game as we know it and so they have to commit they can't do this half-assed job we heard from the var liverpool audio commentary just it still doesn't feel very precise it doesn't feel very professional uh, they they need to sort it out, and I like I totally agree that the humanity is is lost through all of it, and it's and a bit but, sad. But, but football, unlike so, the things that they use the technology for in rugby are, are, are clinical moments where there's a there is a, a a kind of black or white moment, isn't there? Where either it, it is either black or it's white, and mm. the technology helps make that that decision. For me, the thing with VAR that's not working at the moment is the guy and the Romero tackle is a classic point where he's been deemed and uh, I'm, I'm most people probably disagree with me, but I thought it was a book in that tackle and a penalty. The more I see it back, 
the, the, the against Chelsea. Right. The yeah. more I see it back, <clears throat> the more I thought it was a booking and a, a, the, and 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 the reason for that is it was a really stupid tackle. Yeah. But it, it was he trying? Was it a th- is it a three game ban? Like really dangerous tackle. And and the truth is, when you see it in isolation, when he's followed through on the ball and you stop mm-hmm. the frame at the moment that his foot is halfway up. Was it Sterling's leg? I can't remember whose leg it was. And and it's a leg breaker. Then yes, the in, instantly the official, the the referee from the VAR screen is going to go, yeah, bang. But actually, what's got to happen is these things have got to be seen in real time back on the screen, following the momentum of the game and the action that that the player is taking. And and if every bad tackle and the decision of every bad tackle, of which is going to be several in a game, is is a, is a and the, the decisions around those are a freeze frame about where someone's foot might end up. Like that's players get injured playing football and it's a contact sport and and it happens. But just because someone's foot ends up on the shin of another player, it doesn't mean it's violent conduct. And it doesn't mean that he's necessarily trying to cause him harm. Players come together. It's meant to be a contact sport. And I think that we've got to get to a point where, where we use technology for black or white decisions Mm. you know well, so, I'm, not, I'm not sure i agree you know because I, I think yeah as you were talking i was thinking we have to take intent out because it doesn't intent doesn't matter because it doesn't matter if you intend or not to break someone's leg if they break their leg they break their leg that's quite an extreme point point i'm being flippant yeah, yeah. but you know we have to take intent out and then you go well for me it's are they in control of their body and you go if they are then they put their foot on someone's shin and if they're not they're professional footballers and they and I, I know that again that's too black and white and there's moments where you're in the heat of the moment and it, you are in control of your body but things slip and things happen and all that stuff but it, it almost is quite black and white it's if it goes on the shin it could break their shin and uh, are you coming in too fast or are you in control because what there's there should be no time when you should be putting your foot through through someone's shin but like you say it's a we've always said semi contact but it's a contact sport but I don't know. It's the same in rugby. They, they, there's no intent. They don't talk about intent. It's did you go high? Did you tip the player? Did you tackle them when in the air? Yes, right. You're off. And it, but it's it, it's 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 impossible to play the game at the speed that professional football is played, particularly is in true. the Premier League. It's absolutely unless you're going to out unless players are just now not allowed to tackle in the penalty area. It's if 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 all if everyone is terrified about that still frame image and handball is a classic one where you know that that you judge intent by how high someone's hand is and so consequently if they're jumping for the ball and they're having to use their hands to get themselves up uh, off off the ground and the ball hits their hand then because their hand's not by their sides that's judged as intent but it's not intent and yeah it, it it feels to me like a football people have got to start getting involved in these decisions, whether it's former players or whatever it is that are that are clearly impartial. And then, and then, secondly, we've got to get to a place where instant decisions are made. So goal line technology works because it's a black or white decision, yeah. and so on and so on. But for handballs and for and for sort of well, I, I think handballs you should just take far out of it completely. I just think the whole thing's ridiculous. And then, and then, secondly, for dangerous play. You've got, if in my opinion, you've got to stop those 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 freeze frames, those freeze frames because 
I, I I don't see how you can just say, well, in a game as fast as that, because someone's foot ended up there, it is therefore automatically dangerous play, and he gets a three-game ban. I I just I just think that's, I th- I think it's taking the it's 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 taking the the aggressiveness out out of the game and football is an aggressive game that's yeah. my humble yeah yeah that's your point opinion. yeah yeah it's it's just a difficult one is that they think as they as football evolves and they try and make it pro- more precise and they try and extract more wealth out of it and sponsor it and make it a global game and try and make that level across every league and all that it's just this is just going to become a nightmare for those in charge and I, i'm not envious but sometimes they they just need to take a step back and use some common sense i think they're trying to overcomplicate things it really reminded me of two manchester city games one it reminded me of the semi-final uh, no the quarterfinal of the champions league the 4-3 where we scored a monster header um, I, and then there was a, uh, the VAR that's my favorite ever VAR decision, yeah. the, that, that goal, who was it Sterling yeah. from Aguero's offside? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. And he was off, yeah, it was offside. I, <laughs> marginally. And it was fantastic how they all, that I, there can't be many sw- changes in emotion in a football crowd from that. I don't think maybe the Dini, uh, goal that took them up, that took Watford up a few years ago in the for the championship. And then it, was, it also reminded... It, it was made doubly good by Guardiola collapsing on the ground. It was so it? That, good, that, wasn't that, it? That, that is so good. Sorry, so good. I can't... I can't no, no, it. actually, it, I'm reminiscing now of the court versus the semi-final Pochettino reactions. You know, that one where he was, he talked about big balls and he was like angry happy. And then when we beat Ajax and he was, he was crying happy. That was, it was, it's just lovely. Those memories, aren't they? And then the Kane header from a few years ago, that Kulusevsky header is magnificent. Magnificent. Yeah. And was the cross from Johnson? I think the cross was from Johnson. Johnson. Who, yeah, yeah, great. Up and down all game. I thought he did really, really well all game. Great cross, but Kulusevsky wanted it more than I think it was a Kanji. Really wanted it, went through and leveled him out. A Kanji almost ends up on his head. Absolutely love that from Kulusevsky as well. Absolutely Playing love really it. Really well, Kulusevsky in here at the moment. Last month, six weeks. Yeah. You know, he's 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 he, he, he is playing really, really well. He's, he's a bit Ben he Davis, isn't he? Yeah. He's he's just seven or eight out of ten across all all attributes <laughs> consistent does his job i think that's well, I think, that's ambitious putting ben davis eight out of ten if i'm honest but i know what you, you mean. Know what I mean you know what i mean ben davis is seven out of, i i love him i love him um <laughs> yeah what a game lacelso's goal as well i mean it's, yep. it's harsh that McAllister's goal happened on the same day because that'll take all the plaudits but cracking goal reminded me of a bail goal that sort of just take it put it on your left push it around the I think Ericsson as well would have done that as well. Oh, the cell solo, isn't he? Like he's he's always had. I think we talked about it last week, didn't we? About the fact he's got loads of talent. Clearly, he always had loads of talent, and there was obviously something going on as to why, other than his fitness, as to why our managers just weren't picking him. And uh, you know, I'd love to see him have a run in the have a great run in the team. Why not? You know, great. Why it? not? So here we are. Drew with City deservedly, I think, took it to him. Big game against West Ham in the week. Massive game against West Ham. Quarter past eight kickoff and then Newcastle on Sunday. Two massive games. I think we can beat West Ham now. I think we kind of got to get a result. Like, I don't think you can give them a pass against City, can't you, with the injuries. I think you can give them a semi-pass against Villa. I don't think you can give them a pass against West Ham at home. I think, I think they've got to try and, you know, I think we should be rightly going to expect to win that game. I mean, they've, they've had the half yeah. They beat Arsenal not that long ago in the um, EFL Cup. They've been doing okay in the Europa League. It just just come off a draw with Palace. Palace always an awkward game for whoever. 
but you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they play against us. It's their final, isn't it? As ever, as ever, <clears throat> they'll don't love it, it. My favourite thing, I don't like Mad Men for many many reasons, um, but there's a bit in Mad Men where Don Draper walks into an elevator and this guy who he screwed over walks in and he looks at him and goes. I feel sorry for you. And Don Draper just looks at him and goes, I don't even think of you. And that's how I feel about West Ham fans. Like as much as I dislike their behaviour when I'm with them. It's like all they think about is us. Same with the scum. All they think about is us. I just don't really think about them. I just don't care about them. I definitely don't think about West Ham at all. I, I, I used to equate to a friend of mine, Giles. I, I used to say to him that it kind of it it doesn't matter what you do to West Ham, they'll never, ever be as big or as good as Spurs. You know, at the end of the day, a Citroen in a one-off race can beat a Bentley if you put nitrogen in it, but a Citroen can never be as good as a Bentley because it's just not. Yeah. And <laughs> and, and that's kind of how I feel about West Ham. In a one-off, like, you, you know, we, we can have a bad, we can have a bad day. You can turn up and, do us on the day or whatever it is but they will never be as big a club as good a club uh, or as relevant a club as Tottenham they just they just never will as as is proven by the fact that they don't own their own house no <laughs> no no uh, so yeah should beat them and then Newcastle I mean who knows Newcastle I think 1-11 to we're better than them get I'm sure Jack would have something to say about it because he, he's better at this stuff than me. But I think one to eleven were better than them. I think they're just rising high. They're well drilled. Eddie Howe's got them going. I really like Kieran Trippier. I think he's a good leader. Um, I, but again, I want to be beating them. I want to be beating them. Uh, yeah, like you say, that sh- we'll have um, Romero back then, so that should be we should be a bit solid, more solid at the back. And hopefully, Saar will be back soon. I've no, I've just been trying to find any news on his injury apparently it's just a muscle injury so hopefully he'll be back soon in his press conference um friday i think yeah uh, he didn't say what it was but he said he was long term oh really yeah new year that's what he said and i was like really i've not read anything is that the old double bluff thing and then he'll suddenly turn up but no he didn't turn up i would yeah i don't know okay don't know They've got so many injuries. The new guy Phillips is injured, isn't he? He's in the new year as well. He's in the new year as well. Yeah, yeah and Dyer clearly is never going to play again for Spurs. No. He's le- he's going to leave in January and go to wherever, but he's never going to play again clearly. And so he didn't make the bench today because he felt something. I mean, come on. So, um, yeah, they best hope that um they don't get any more injuries at the back. It's a bit of a sad <laughs> end, isn't it? It's a bit like Hugo Lloris. He's still at Tottenham. Hugo. You know his full name, Hugo? No. Hugo Hadrian Dominique Clarice. Of course it is. Of course it is. I'll expect nothing less. But he's, yeah, I mean, he's been with us for since 2012. So he deserves a, um, what do they call it, game? What do you call it? Uh, testimonial game. Testimonial, yeah. So he deserves one of them, but <laughs> yeah. he's had his time, hasn't he? Well, I think it's quite telling that all these players were available in the summer and i didn't get the sense that they didn't go that they didn't get sold because we couldn't get the money for them i i got the sense that they they basically couldn't get an offer that they felt matched their um 
self-belief. Um, well, Hugo had an offer, didn't he, that he just turned down? He nice, had a, was wasn't it, it something? Nice. Lazio as well, I think he had one. Yeah, Lazio, yeah. So, yeah, yeah it just didn't didn't happen for him. I th- it feels <laughs> like quite disrespectful. We, we don't let up, we haven't let a player go out with with energy, with any sort of respect in a while. I mean, Kane apparently wasn't allowed back into the training room, so he had to come back a month later after after he left. It just feels a bit disrespectful. But I get it, like, they're gone, you go... But these players aren't gone yet. Just let give him a testimonial now. Just organise it. Give the money to charity or, or to him. I, I'm sure he's got enough. Yeah, I think the team actually that I've seen in the last few years that do this the best is actually uh, City. Yeah. You know, like Guardiola. I mean, when you look at Palmer that they've let go to Chelsea, and obviously he's only played 15 games, isn't he? So yeah, all of this stuff about him being a world beater is slightly premature. But um, I suspect that. Guardiola made the decision that he wasn't going to be somebody that would be um, at the right level of maturity to basically sit on the bench in the same way that Grealish clearly is or Foden is, and so you know just came loose and yep. together and 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 togetherness is everything and and we just don't I, I don't think we can quite afford um, to do that can we they, they, mm. these players have got a value and we have to have that valuation met or they have to sit and wait in yep. case we need them which is I guess frustrating, but I also kind of understand it. And it certainly looks like they're going to do some business in January, doesn't it, if they can? They really do have to, don't they? Yeah, they do. And it looks like they're going to. I just hope they do it quickly. I hope we're not, you know, it's not deadline day Tottenham dramas. I hope that they get it done, you know, done now. first week. Confirmed yeah. it, Gen 1. Yeah, that's what they should be doing. But, yeah. I mean, what is I was doing prep for this, and what is impressive about City is they lose a big player, at least a big player every season. So, like, this season they lost Mares, Gundogan, Last season, like Jesus Sterling, if you want, Zinchenko was a big deal for them. But Fernandinho, season before that, was Aguero, I believe. Season before that, Otamendi and David Silva. Like these are big players for them, big, mm. big, big players. And they, and the season before that was Company. He's that season before that, yeah, Yaya Torre. Now I'm looking at it. Season before that, Wilfred Boney. So <laughs> every crowd, but he loses them when they're ready to go, though. So, for example, really well, if, if, if Rodri had been on the, you know, somebody had put in a massive bid for Rodri this year in the summer, I suspect he wouldn't have sold him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he kind of gets to a point where he's happy to flip them out, doesn't he? Yeah. And, you know, I he's agree with you that I, I think that they do it really well. But he's, all, I mean, when you actually consider him and you take a step back and you look at his record, mm. And you look at how he manages. I mean, I actually think he's quite an eccentric character, Guardiola. Massively. I think he's 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 not a straightforward person, and I can imagine that working for him is quite frustrating in many ways. But I mean, he's you know, I think he's surely got to be the greatest, um, you know, men's football team manager of all time, isn't he? Surely. Yeah, there's always a bit of me which wants to go right. You go do it in a League Two team, but then. It's a bit like the Formula One argument there where people always say, oh, well, it's all about the cars. Well, the best get the best cars. And so he he was the best at Barca. He was the best at Bayern. Now he's the best at City. Obviously, massive money. And he's the best player in the world at Barcelona. Mm. But yeah, I mean, Ferguson's up there. The thing I like about Ferguson is he did it with the same club and he reinvented that team and did it again and again and again. Yeah. That for me is remarkable. But I don't think, I'm not sure Ferguson would be as good now because the, his style of management, now you have to be completely different with the type of players that you have and their mentality and, and things like that. I, 
Like it's why they all, you know, Sky is a bit overrun with Man United and Liverpool players. And when Keane is there and Neville's there talking about Man United, massive club, you've got to have this mentality. I think they had one team that played in a certain way that allowed very strong personalities and bullying to a point where you could go out, you all went out together. Now you can't all go out together. And there's so many things that would have to change for them that you can't allow, which would impact Fergus, the way Ferguson management managed. But then you would hope that he would be able to adapt with that as well. He definitely had a similar quality that you fit players out. You think about what you did with Stam and Stam. Yeah, straight you away. Know, Van Nistelrooy. Beckham. You know, that, that level of ruthlessness that all of these are really elite leaders have um you um you absolutely have to have it and 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 i think that um postacoglu is demonstrating that he has that right i mean so the easy decision for him today was to play diet i mean that, that's assuming that dyer mm. that the, he didn't you know pull up and that you know the easy <laughs> the easy thing for him to do would be to put him back in the team and just coast through to january but he has that level of single-mindedness and ruthlessness he's like uh-uh, no way. Mm. And um, I think that's really encouraging um, from him. In terms of Sky, I wish there was a way that I could somehow protest the money that I pay Sky for mm. the bias that they have in their punditry, their commentary, their fixation and focus. Why are they fixated and focused on Manchester United? When Manchester United have been a mid to top a mid to upper mid team for easily six or seven seasons with occasional top four finishes i don't see a great deal of difference between them and us with the exception that they've stuck a couple of pots in the cabinet and we haven't yeah i I was thinking what what makes a big club anymore because you know man united United, why would man united be a big club if if it's not for history if it's just purely history then cool and villa a big club you know we're a massive club but they're not doing it they're not anywhere near it i their squad is dreadful i really do think their squad is dreadful and it's so unbalanced the attitude is poor ten Hag is i don't know what he's doing they're in a total mess financially they're nearly half a billion in debt which has just been solely put on the club by the owners. They were only about, what was it, 15 million in debt when he took over and now it's over 400 million. Mm. It's it, I, I don't understand the obsession with them. But then you go, well, what's going to happen in 10 years' time? Is there going to be loads of City players? We've seen it with Micah Richards now. And that we'll be just all talking about City. Um, and in, in before that, we'll have Chelsea players just because it's, right, who were the big players? Who were the big names? Let's get them in. I thought Doku was a bit quiet today. Like it obviously did little bits, but I was expecting a bit more. I would I would have thought with basically five attackers, they would have said, right, they've got four full packs, just go at them. And I, I thought we kept him quite quiet. You he had a few moments in the first half, didn't he? In he the, did. in particularly in the first half an hour, I thought that the way that City were playing, particularly their front players, I I got the impression they all were sort of under the misconception that right, we've we've got a you know, we've got a chance to get an absolute fistful here. Um and they all looked really up for a, a, giving Tottenham a bit of a pasting. And then when, frankly, that wasn't happening, mm. um, I thought that they actually their edge dropped a little bit, to be honest. And that's one of the reasons why they had the lethargy that they had in, this, in, in the second half. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, moments, didn't they? I mean, there's one time that he skinned Davis inside out. Um, expected. You know, which shows his ability, AST, didn't it, if he can turn yeah. Davis. Um but um seven uh, out of ten every game <laughs> seven out of ten man uh but um yeah i thought you know they uh 
they 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 did it they did a job on him. But partly I think Poro deserves enormous credit for I know we've talked about his his resurrection from the early days of that Leicester debut and stuff, but you know, he really has figured out a way to play now, hasn't he, that really sees him as no he is no pushover in the Premier League now, that Poro, you know. Yeah, he was so fit. Looks so, 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 so fit. And a doggy as well look re- looks really looks really good, doesn't he? You know, he looks you know, we have to kind of remember he's only actually played a doggy about, you know, fifteen Premier League games, isn't he? Or however many they've played, twelve Premier League games. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's only been there for six months. I mean, yeah. I just hope well, they can keep this team together. You know, yeah. I really I was just hope thinking they can. Then, if they're going to be aggressive and take out the top player, then that would have to be Sun. Um, what a player he is. Why is he still at Spurs? I just he's the <laughs> he's the best foreigner we've ever had. I will say it every time now. And his his return is unbelievable right now. So he's he's on the same goals to game ratio as his best ever season, which was two seasons ago when he got twenty three goals, when he got the golden boot. He's got nine in fourteen. He only got ten goals last season. What what an incredible player. What an incredible player. We will really miss him when he leaves. But I think we need a striker. But then if we get a striker, where does Sun play? Does he sort of drift over to the left? But then what about Johnson? What I just it does that mess everything up? I don't know. They're going to miss him in January. He goes to the uh, Asia Cup, doesn't he, in January? I I was looking at the dates of that thing, though. It's nearly five weeks, that thing. Yeah. They're going to to really miss it. I mean, they have to sign a striker. I think they have to sign a striker. Yeah. Um, And and I I don't think they'll sign one in January. Unless they've got, unless they, I don't think they will. I don't, unless they're going to sign Tony, but I don't know that Tony is necessarily the way he plays is necessarily suited to the way that we play i think whoever we get up front has got to have pace i think but um yeah yeah Wait, watch, but, um, I watch richarlison go to saudi arabia though that would yeah be no bet, i'm sure you know? i'm sure that might happen and then he might he might come and fulfill that role maybe but um <clears throat> I, I i just don't think you get the i don't i don't think you get the availability on the market unless you're mm. a club that's just going to go and open the checkbook just to blow everyone away and sign someone but we've you know we're not that so no. i would suspect that unless they've got real problems in the attacking third in terms of fitness levels and availability that they'll go with what they have up there down the middle i mean yeah um until until the summer and um i would expect them to try and address the center back situation try and address the midfield situation and then maybe they might do a loan or something. I don't know, just to, yeah. a, a, a a bit of cover. But they have to sign a, they absolutely have to sign at least one centre back in the next, in the next six months, at least one. Right, so seven if I said seven months. You can bring any of them back. Who are you having back? Sorry, so say I, again. Sorry. If you can have any of them back, who are you having back? So you've got Saar, Bentaker, Madison, Mickey Van der Ven. Um. Van de, I'd have Van de Ven back. I just think he's absolutely fundamental to the high line <laughs> at times, yeah. you know, borderline sporting suicidal way that they play. Um, yeah. That so, somebody with that amount of recovery pace, um, he he will be to Tottenham what Carl Walker is to Man City at at the back. You know, where they just where, you know when 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 Walker doesn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they do get caught out with their high line a little bit, and they never play quite as high. Um, and so, yeah, I think that they need to get him back fit, 
as yeah. soon as as soon as possible. I think you're right because I think actually, if you've got our two centre backs and then Poro and Udogi, then in front of them actually Masalso Basuma, and then Johnson, Kudusevsky, Sun, and maybe maybe with Richarlison or Hill. Actually, that's not too bad. Actually, it's not the worst thing it could be. I'm, I'm still worried about Hill. And, uh, it, it's just never. I I just think that small slight players if you think about the particularly in the last five years of the premier league only really exceptional small slight players think about someone like bernardo silva who's i think bernardo silva is one of the top 10 players in the world i mean i think he's just exceptional but there's not many players that have got that frame in the premier league that make it and uh, for me hill is uh, he has not got a Premier League attributes. I'm sure no. he's a he's a good player, but he's not got Premier League attributes. I don't think no. he'll go to Europa League team, yeah. and then we'll play him in a couple of years, and he'll score, and that'll be it. You know, he'll, yeah. he'll be good for them. He might even win the Europa League. It just doesn't fit us. Yeah, and it's one of the reasons why I hope they don't go and try and sign Marcus Edwards back. And you know, he's clearly a really good player, Marcus Edwards. I like Marcus Edwards. Looks just great for Sporting. But is he? He's going to be another Bergwijn if he comes back in. You just know he is. He's just too slight, too small. He's just had a massive crash, hasn't he? You see that? Oh, he had a car crash, didn't he? Yeah, his car flipped over. I mean, he's fine. Yeah. He was in a Range Rover, so I'm sure the more damage was done to the road, but mm. it can't be fun. I've uh, started mentoring in my uh, local area, young man, top man actually, and we we're talking about films and and. Um, we were talking about Fast and Furious because I love Fast and Furious one. I think it's a great, it's a great period of my life. It's a great film. I, I read an article on how it's the first totally um, race-free rate, um, film because there's no like, if you're black or white or Oriental Asian, then it doesn't say that you are this type of person or you drive this car. It's just it's totally blind. Everyone is who they are, whatever. But the, um, but you know, Paul Walker. God rest his soul, died in a car crash. My my mentee was like, yeah, he um, you know, he died by Astor in Stevenage, and I was a bit like, no, he didn't, <laughs> no, he didn't. But it's because there was there was two kids who unfortunately died around Stevenage and uh in a big car crash at the same time, and so that a lot of the local people in Stevenage think it was Paul Walker, which is mad. But there's a little bit you go. <laughs> they like, probably weren't driving. He, he probably wasn't driving a a, a, a refurbished uh, Peugeot 206 though was he uh, Paul Walker <laughs> when, uh, when that but, happened mate, I grew up thinking cars all cars would have lights underneath them when, when I was older <laughs> I thought I would have them because the McDonald's I used to work in just outside Cardiff and Newport Road the Max Power do you remember Max Power of course the meet, oh, great times the met the, uh, meet up used to be in the the range car park next door and it was amazing because they'd all come through and they would all be in Evo 8 or Evo 5s, Evo 6s, in Prezzas. And it was it was like my dream. And I all thought that we'd all be driving cars like that. And we're not. <laughs> we're not. I love it. 1.4 litre of Oxalastra before exhaust pipes does nothing but bring smile to your face. I'm sorry, right. but it does. My, one of my, I, I used to work with a guy. When my, one of my first ever jobs was at a local leisure centre. Uh, back in the glory of Essex, I'm sure when people hear me speak on this podcast, they can't possibly believe I was born in Romford and brought up in Essex. But <laughs> anyway, there you go. And and uh, I used to work with this guy also called Rob, and he had a red Ford Escort um, uh, van, 
right? Yeah. Well, not a transit van, just one of one of the, the, yeah, one, one, one of the short wheelbase vans. And he turned the back of it into, into basically a speaker, a massive speaker, taking the rear seats out, knocked it through, just a massive speaker, and down the middle had had a custom-made mattress. <laughs> And yeah, and it had neon. It had so much neon in it, and oh, this man. thing was uh, flat out at fifty-eight. Honestly, oh, but I love it. yeah, lowered the most uncomfortable ride ever. But great days, you know. Kids now driving great around in ID threes. They don't know what they're doing. Don't know they really born. don't. No, you know, my, my idea. I t- I tried to float this past Emma, but she's not having it. But like, I've always I've always wanted to do one of those driving tours. Get a big car. You get get a car you can sleep in or whatever and i was thinking what cars are the shape of your like have space for a human have got amazing windows for views like are usually really well looked after but usually quite cheap i was thinking like what that you could turn into a um into a like a camper van a hearse you can get secondhand hearses for like five grand, but they're the shape of a person. You could stick a, a mattress in oh. the back. They've got amazing windows all the back. You can slide out and have a table for your breakfast or whatever. Like genuinely, I'll come looking on eBay now. Mercedes E-Class hearse, MOT, looked after its whole life because they polish it every day. They look after it. It's, it hasn't gone above like 20 its whole life. Five grand. Five grand. Not bad. And also, right? if ever you decide to take up a ghost hunting business, right. you're, ready, you're, you're sorted, aren't you? You've just got to paint it white. But it, it's so much cooler to go out camping and that match me right. We're going down the beach. We'll we'll park up <laughs> in the black murk. I, I, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a in a Mercedes hearse. Think yeah. of the things you could customize that with though. You could like extend put on the, on the roof and have it thick like a tower thing that extends up. You could have an upstairs downstairs part of the hearse. There's lim- almost limitless options with that. Limitless options, right? And I think you might be onto something there, mate. I don't want to be, I, I'm really trying not to be disrespectful. Like, you know, obviously I respect everything that's happening in that house, but they're just doing things from A to B, and that's all I want to do is just have, just have somewhere to lie. I don't think it's dis- disrespectful to utilise. what a, I said. A, a secondhand hearse. At the end of the day, that is, it's not the car's fault, is it? The hearse no. has been used for a purpose. Beautiful. And you know you're keeping it going. At the end of the day, it's just going to be tossed aside on the scrap heap. That's more disrespectful right. to what's happened in that hearse than any than anything else. And to your point, it'd be well run in. It's not been over 25 miles an hour its whole life. Right, and the insides are usually beautiful. Like this one's got walnut, oh. walnut all the way through. Right. So, yeah. I'm tempted now. Right. Just a hearse would be an amazing trip car. what about if we all all everyone that is on this pod, we, all, we all chip in and we buy an echoes of glory hearse go to away the, games away games in How the hearse and in we Europe. do the pod from oh. the back of the hearse oh my god you know, I mean, european come, away games yeah echo, in the echoes hearse <laughs> listen I'll, I'll put a grand in i mean i'm genuinely thinking about this now <laughs> Yeah, we could start. Off, we, how many people say this in this a week? A few thousand. We could start a crowdfund. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got to stop thinking about we this. Could I will up, not we, stop we, thinking about this. You now. could invite us. You know, like on Cameo, you get like people, you get like ex players, whatever. So, oh, hi, SD, happy birthday. We, as part of Echoes of Glory, could turn up at your birthday in the hearse. Don't know, we could DJ. 
we could host an episode of this pod, especially for you. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Just imagine. Oh, listen, it's limitless, the options. Just the ideas that could spin out just because you think of buying a hearse. This is one of those massive moments. This is the merger of Archduke Ferdinand, Franz Ferdinand. This is those moments where big things We lose happen. all our listeners. We lose our <laughs> listeners. Oh, they went ages ago. <laughs> Genuinely, I would love this to happen. I, I think I'd be deeply happy because you could go, I'm just right, me and Rob going to Poznan in the hearse. Yeah. yeah. We're going to go to games in the hearse. Echo, we have to get it branded, obviously. Yeah. Listen, I'm I'm up for it. There's this one, I'm... which I found before, which I'm going to send you. It's a Land Rover Defender one. It's pretty what, switch. A... Hearse? Hearse, yeah. To be honest, what well, yeah, I'll send it to you. What is the most unusual? This is one for our listeners, right? You can leave reviews on the podcast, can't you? Or can you email this podcast? Yeah, it's and echoesofglorypod.gmail.com. I haven't checked it in a one. while. Yeah. The that most one. that one. The the most unusual vehicle that you've ever seen as a hearse. Email us and let us know. Especially yeah. if it's for sale, because we might buy it. <laughs> well, <I've, laughs> there's the Land Rover one. I've just found the Nissan Leaf one, which is amazing <laughs> that's a really unusual hearse it's only got Surely two that's seats. that's on the nissan leaf hearse that's bespoke someone is all they've done is they've ripped out the path i'm describing it to you now listeners the the passenger seat and the back seat and through to the boot and they've ripped off the side doors and they put one bit of glass on which you put in there it's pretty <laughs> I'm, I'm still on X, so Rob J tweets. I'll put a picture of it on. You can, or we must have a. Have we got a. Yeah, Jack's, still, Jack's on it, yeah. Jack as well. That I'll put a picture of it on. It's quite a. That's not a hearse. 17,750 quid, that. That's a lot of money. Well, the Land Rover one's 30, isn't it? That's a lot of money for a Nissan Leaf. I'm, I much prefer the idea of taking the five grand, five, five grand uh, Mercedes and doing it up. <clears throat> also we are going to be a bit cramped in the back of that thing yeah i always forget how tall you are i don't forget i just it's always annoying you are but well, you're not next... exactly sure are you do you know what i mean so i I'm think we need two. something with well, there you go this so we can't be going around two of us in a nissan leaf hearse a no, we, need the the we need the merc we need the merc we need the merc my next door neighbor is taller than me and he's also called andrew so I'm on the street living as little eight, and it drives me insane. Yeah. I on the street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Onto the show, right. We'll be back next Sunday and we'll have two games to talk about. And yeah. I'm actually feeling more positive because if we'd lost this and we then we'd lost that, that'd be six on the bounce and then that'd be pretty dreadful. But I don't think we're going to lose the next two games. I think we're going to get four points out of them. I think we'll beat West Ham. I think we'll draw with Newcastle. I think it'll be... A, a high-scoring game against Newcastle. What do you think? Uh, I think we'll beat West Ham, and Newcastle could be a great game. Not sure. Bit nervous mm. about Newcastle, um, but I think we're overdue giving West Ham a kick in. Yeah, that would be good. It's been a while yeah. since we thumped. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Right, mate. Thanks for that. I'll. Um, yeah, it's good. I enjoyed it. Looking forward to the hearse. Uh, hearse oh, ideas. Yeah. There's a Jag one as well. That's cheaper. Uh, and <laughs> whatever happens, the future's bright. The future's easy. Anyway. Come on, you suppose. I 
always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do. This is quite...